Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Ken is away today, and uh, let's plunge right in. Uh, Steve Gregory has been in Maui all week. Today's his final day reporting on the aftermath of a horrific fire that killed over 100 people. Uh, one of the stories today is the head of the Maui Emergency Management Agency resigned yesterday. His name, Herman, uh, Herman Andaya. He was the guy who said he did not regret not turning on the sirens to try to alert people that there was an emergency and that they ought to get out of town in Lahaina. Uh, let's get to Steve to talk about that and everything else. Hey, John. So uh, Mr. Andaya was the subject of a story that came out early Wednesday morning about his lack of qualifications to be the head of the Maui's Emergency Management Agency. And at that press conference that afternoon, um, he defended his position. So the news story talks about how I didn't have experience before taking on a job, and that's not true. Um, before taking on a job, I was a member of the cabinet. Uh, I was deputy director of the Department of Housing and Human Concerns, as well as the mayor's chief of staff for 11 years. And so during that time, I was uh, reported, I oftentimes report to the emergency operations centers, and I have done this on numerous, numerous occasions. Also during that time, we went through numerous trainings as well. And so um, to say that I am not not qualified, I think, is incorrect. Uh, in addition to that, when I applied for this position, which is, by the way, a civil service position, I uh, went through a, a very arduous process uh, and I was vetted. I had to take a civil service exam. I was 
uh, interviewed by seasoned emergency managers, and they all deemed me qualified. In fact, I was selected. So uh, that's. Do you regret not sounding the sirens? I, I do not. And that was the statement, I think, that was his downfall at the end there. But did you did you catch his some among his credits and that makes him qualified? Why? He was the chief of staff for the mayor. <laughs> oh, a bureaucrat job. So he was a member of the, I guess, the cabinet. I assume it's either the state cabinet or a county cabinet. I'm not sure how that government works, but um, he was a member of uh, – Housing and Human Services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was. It was just another guy that get moved is moved around from one and he administrator's passed, position to another. Yeah, and he passed the civil service exam. So there you go. So there you go. He can and manage I, uh, an extreme emergency. So I was playing that cut earlier today, and uh, some people I know in fire agencies and police agencies and emergency management agencies around the country have been texting me and emailing me uh, fast and furious about their thoughts on all of this and. It is pretty interesting what others are saying about this, just based on that one cut and maybe what they have read or not read by now. But um, I, I it, this is one comment here i got to read. Somebody who is very high up in one of the premier organizations in Southern California, uh, First Responder Agency. Um, I am sensing the residents want to be protected, accountability, competence, and performance by city officials. But nobody wants to tell the emperor that he's not wearing any clothes. I think the deep-seated cultural and traditional stuff is going on here, a lot of pride. I'm trying to be sympathetic to that, but it doesn't appear to be creating a real smooth operation. If change is going to happen, it is going to be as a result of lawsuits. Accountability from government agencies they report to will also be a path. It will be interesting to see what grants they receive over the years to properly prepare for and manage expanding incidents like this one. You know, that that's something uh, interesting because right from the beginning of your uh, coverage, uh, it, 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 there's been this, um, you've reported on the attitude, the philosophy of people who have grown up on the island, the philosophy of aloha, right? Mm-hmm. You have that woman who leads the uh, news conferences lecturing the reporters on how to be kind and gentle with the questions because this is our demeanor here. Life is easygoing. It's not confrontational. It's not uncomfortable. And I remember, uh, you remember that airline flight that crashed? And it was a, it was an Asian Asian Air, San yes. Francisco. And, and the co-pilot could see that something bad was happening, but because of the... His superior was his in the His superior, seat. yeah, the, 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 the cultural respect for seniority, he never did or said anything to correct whatever bad move the pilot was right. making for fear of shaming his superior right exactly and so that 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 cult the, the power of the culture there paralyzed this guy and eventually led to you know a disaster and i wonder if if that's what your uh texter friend was alluding to is that yeah. what he was getting at that yeah, because- people are afraid to confront each other Yeah, because, you know, FEMA plays this delicate dance, just like any mutual aid agency coming to help uh, a municipality, a city or a town. And that is they have to be very respectful of those in charge of of said town. It doesn't matter if the population is 300 or 3 million. Uh, They have to roll in there and say, listen, we're here to help. Let us know what you need. And sometimes those people don't know what they need. And so they have to be very 
careful how they nudge these people. It's like, well, do you want to set up maybe some mobile command centers over here, maybe? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, yeah, 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 that's a good idea. And, and, um, and, and yeah, you're on a small town operation that is rarely tested. You don't have a whole lot of experience. This reminds me of the Uvalde shooting, too, where you had oh, the yeah. local police department calling the shots and you had all these big, you know, county and state agencies on the outside and they had to play along with what the local police chief wanted to do. Right. And if you remember on that one, because that uh, information officer from the city of Uvalde came out and did the same thing there that this Makana did here. She came out and said, uh, just to remind you, this is a informational press event only. We will not be taking questions. And then as soon as one speaker's done, she comes up and says, uh, this is to remind you, this is informational only. We will not be taking questions. And you're like, really? Mm. And, and, and here's the thing. I know, in fact, today we just got another alert. Apparently people are, they're, they're warning the media again about trespassing. So I, I don't know what's going on over there in Lahaina right now, but apparently quote-unquote reporters are trying to get in. I, I doubt that mainstreamers are getting in there. There's a lot of independent journalists out here, a lot of Internet people, a lot of uh, social media people are well, out I, here I read working one, around. One Associated Press story, and it says there has been intense criticism from uh, many residents, uh, specifically over the lack of sirens, but I, I think probably the whole response operation. It's it's not reporters here. It's it's the pe- the public is really upset, and they have every right to be. I mean, they've suffered a, a, an immense tragedy here, and they're not they're not getting answers. Um, I'm did uh, Ray give you that article I told you to to, to look at? Uh, I uh, which one? Oh, the one about the they did an article on my exchange with the oh, governor. Yes, on yes, Monday. I do have that. Yes, um, the dance the between the media and public officials. Yeah, and the only reason I bring that up is because my news director, Chris Little, he tweeted something when he when that article came out. Um, I forwarded it to him. I said, yeah, "Oh, this is interesting." So he tweets, uh, "Thanks, Steve Gregory, for taking on." And then he uses the governor's uh, tag, governor's handle in in the Twitter on on, on the tweet, and the state of Hawaii's tweet also. Uh, thanks, Steve Gregor, for taking on the governor about his insidious remarks. The governor has a lot to learn about being transparent and trying to discredit reporters with false allegations. And that's the thing that really bothered me. I didn't care about the personal attacks. What I, what I really, really was bothered by is that he felt like he could just exploit the sensitive culture of Hawaii and, and all of a sudden make that his defense. Right. Oh, it's without... a shield. Yes. Yeah. It's a yeah. shield. And he used that to try to shame you and the other reporters. Uh, into backing off. And I, I I understand why you'd be angry and any reporters would be angry. That would make me furious. It's like, no, don't you try emotional manipulation. Don't use your, your cultural sensitivity as a shield. I mean, that's what everybody's doing these days but, in order to avoid, you know, some, uh, some uh, a, a direct uh, glare of the spotlight. But, you know, here's the little bit of the hypocrisy here, and, I, and I'll play this for you after the break, is the chief of police here in Maui. He is an interesting person. Um, because he's been a bully all week, and he's been trying his damnedest to intimidate all of us uh, into submission. And it's been an interesting, uh, delicate dance between him, but he said something uh, just the other day that that I'm going to play for you. All right, more with Steve, live from Maui, uh, the Lahaina Fire, 111 uh, dead, and the count continues to go up. John and Ken showed. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. 
every day we've been this week we've been opening with Steve Gregory and Maui and if you haven't heard his reporting that's a good thing to uh, look for on the podcast because uh, you know they're all there uh let's go to Steve now he's got more yeah John you know one of the things uh before the break I wanted to, to share with you is um the policies and procedures for the early warning siren system on the island of Maui and this is something that we were researching yesterday and let me read to you just real quickly. Uh, there's the County of Maui Outdoor Warning Siren page. There's an actual page, MauiSirens.com. Anyone can go read it. Um, and it, it's pretty interesting. It's just real clear and real concise. Uh, the primary reason, what's an outdoor warning siren test? And then it says every month, a monthly test is done at 11.15 in the morning. Uh, they go through it. And then it says, Hawaii has the largest single integrated public safety outdoor siren warning system in the world. The all-hazard siren system can be used for a variety of both natural and human-caused events, including tsunamis, hurricanes, dam breaches, flooding, wildfires, volcanic eruptions, terrorist threats, hazardous material incidents, and more. And then it says what to do in the event, uh, other reasons for the outdoor warning sign. In case of a natural disaster, a steady three-minute siren tone is the attention alert signal. When that is heard, listen to emergency alert system broadcast for further instructions and the all-clear announcement on your radio, television, or any local station. So the information they were selling while they tried to defend themselves, that was nonsense. They made it sound like I thought it was a a tsunami-only siren. No. And it's right here, plain as day, the County of Maui's Outdoor Warning Siren Testing Page. And then this... p- part two is you turn on radio or TV, listen to the emergency broadcast instructions, and follow accordingly. Because they kept pushing this idea, well, everybody would have run into the hills, straight into the fire. That's what they're trained to do. Well, no. I don't know how much people know, but what's in the manual is... Listen to the siren, turn on the radio or TV, and then follow instructions. And they wouldn't have told you to run into the fire. But here, it's an interesting thing. In case of a man-made attack, like they had that scare, what, a little, you know, a couple years ago where they thought that it was a nuclear threat was imminent. Yes. Remember that one? Yeah. It says, a wailing three-minute siren tone is the attention alert signal. Then in natural disaster, a steady three-minute siren tone is the attention alert signal. So they even have different patterns and cadences to the siren to alert you when it's not a tsunami and the fact that he didn't either know this or didn't uh remember it and assumed that it was just a uh, you know everyone's going to think tsunami and run up to higher ground when it says right here on the county's page that mm-hmm. that siren is used for a multitude of different things is pretty pretty bad yeah well see that's a, a great distinction you bring out is do they have a plan and if they have a plan, did they execute it properly? They had a plan, which on paper made sense, but it wasn't executed. Right. And uh, back to the cultural sensitivities issue. So John Pelletier is the chief of the Maui Police Department. He was formerly a captain of the Las Vegas Metro Police Department and was one of the lead, uh, one of the lead officers, uh, lead officials on the night of the Las Vegas shooting. Uh, during that country music festival in Las Vegas, you might recall. So um, he does have some experience, at least with some, you know, mass casualty events and especially fluid ones like that. Um, I'm not sure what the after action report showed in terms of how police responded and reacted. I just know that was a really uh, major event. But here is Chief Pelletier uh, um, on his daily lecture. I would just say this. I've been here 
almost two years. And I consider myself a guest of the people that I'm blessed to serve. I'm a guest and I'm the chief of police. What Maui doesn't trust are people, even from other islands, coming here to tell us what's best for us. We will decide. Our people, our people, who we love and we sacrifice for, they trust us, they love us, and we love them. Yeah, I don't know about wow. the trust thing. I've never heard this kind of propaganda before. Yeah. It's 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 to shut down all criticisms what it is. I've never it, heard this. They're part of America. <laughs> I mean, they act like they're their own independent state. And and obviously there's a lot of people on the island who are angry and are not trusting. They, it's well, just just BS. Well, I it's funny when I said, you know, the, he speaking for the people already. I don't think he's gone quite outside that inner sanctum that he's in right now and been in for the last couple <sighs> of weeks. Um, because that's not the not the group of people I've been speaking with. Uh, they paint a completely different picture, and these are people who have been here a hell of a lot longer than he has. It, so. Well, yeah, no, this is bullying to shut down uh, all the questioning, to shut down yeah. the investigation, and and they're just waiting for all the reporters to 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 leave. You know, the national reporters, guys like you. Eventually, you're going to have to come back to the mainland. So, well, uh, they're in bullying mode until uh, you take off from the airport. I'll tell you, it's uh, going to be interesting because this, this story will sort of die down a little bit. It will. But then when the first report starts to come out or when the final search is over, there will be uh, uh, spikes in coverage here, just like it was at Katrina and other major events. Uh, you'll get it'll cycle back in eventually. And then when there's a, you know, a major decision based on the cause and origin of the fires and all that, then then it'll be back in the news again. Um, I do want to update you real quick before we go that it is still fatalities, the official fatalities at 111. They have searched 58% of the area as of last night. Um, that's obviously more than half. And they have identified one more person who was 75 or 71 years old, rather. Uh, Donna, so uh, it's one female so far, three males, uh, all four from Lahaina. And it looks as though at least two of them were in a senior center when they were killed. So um, that's the latest. Uh, looks like they still have 40 cadaver dogs on site and they're working them in shifts, trying to get as much of this area covered as possible. And they're still gearing up for President Biden's visit on Monday. Well, you've done great work this week, Steve. Thanks, Thanks very much. Thanks, I know you've been working long hours, very hard. Are you landing in the hurricane by chance this weekend? I think I'm missing it because I get in early tomorrow morning. I'm on a red eye tonight, so yeah, I think right. I get in. And yeah. then I got to head east on Monday, so I think I'm out of it altogether. All right, Steve Gregory in Thanks, Maui, John. headed back to L.A. And coming up right after Deborah's news, uh, the uh, well, Newsom... Uh, had uh, had another uh, uh, announcement. He's increasing uh, CHP support to help Los Angeles go after the uh, smash and grab robbery rings. He had uh, he authorized the CHP to uh, stop the uh, drug flow in San Francisco. At least there was a big announcement. I don't know if anything actually came of that. Well, he's pulling the same cheap headline stunt here. We're going to have Republican Assemblyman Vince Fong on. He thinks it's all window dressing. That's next. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, uh, you go to the iHeart app for John and Ken On Demand. That's the podcast. Later on in the show, we've got two rounds of the moist line and hacking a dumpster, all coming up in the 3 o'clock hour. we got a lot to go on here. Uh, and and uh, in a few minutes, we're going to talk about the first arrest in the uh, Glendale smash and grab that happened at uh, Rick Caruso's Americana at Brand Shopping Center. Uh, this happened uh, late yesterday afternoon, and I've got some details on that. And also, uh, a curious wanted photo for another suspect in the case. Uh, let's get Vince Fong on. He's uh, the Republican Assemblyman. And uh, Newsom did one of his uh, cheap uh, headline moves. Uh, he and Bass, they, they do the same thing. It's either announcing uh, a task force that you never hear from again, or in Newsom's case, he's announcing increased CHP involvement uh, to help Los Angeles with the smash and grabs. Now, he, he uh, announced CHP involvement uh, some months ago to help San Francisco try to curb uh, the uh, open-air drug markets and drug sales going on. Uh, I, I, n I never heard what became of that. Vince, how are you? I'm hanging in there. How are you? Did anything come of the CHP going to San Francisco? Did they go? Has it had an effect? 
They did. I mean, they, they've confiscated. There was a report that they confiscated 2.1 million fentanyl pills in, 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 one, um, in one operation. But, it, I mean, this is, again, the consequences of these policies coming from Sacramento. The governor is dealing with all the symptoms. He's not focusing on the cure. You know, we need to increase penalties on criminal behavior, change Prop 47, give prosecutors more tools to go after criminals. Well, yeah, because two million fentanyl pills will, will flow in very quickly to replace the ones that the CHP grabbed. It's about getting the people off the streets who Absolutely. are distributing it. So do you, are you aware of any progress with that, about busting up the, uh, the drug rings? No, there's nothing ab ab about uh, going, I mean, prosecuting these criminals. I mean, this is the issue. I mean, certainly more police presence is one component. Uh, the California Highway Patrol, local law enforcement, they're doing tremendous work, but they're being overwhelmed. You look at the crime statistics right now, violent crime is up, property crime is up, retail theft is up, cargo theft is up. Uh, the public is set up. And I think they're going to send a message uh, to all of us at, I mean, at the ballot box. But, you know, we have to change the laws and we need to increase penalties and have some accountability. Uh, so, so what uh, what do you think? Is the CHP coming to Los Angeles going to change things meaningfully? Because I don't even if they capture suspects, nobody will say what happened to the suspects. Did they get the prosecuted? The Did they get imprisoned? Are they still there? Is it the same guys who were committing the crimes this past week or is this a whole new crew? Well, the, C the CHP is going to have some effect. I mean, their presence, is, it's going to be warranted and, and valued. But, I mean, you look at what, what happened yesterday. The Glendale Police Department arrested a suspect in connection with all these uh, mass smashing grabs in these clothing stores. And hours later, he was released under L.A. County's zero bail policy. And you, you, oh, you think come about, on. You think about what's happening in Sacramento. You have progressive liberal politicians that want to impose zero bail for the entire state of California. I mean, this but, is atrocious. But that, that was terrifying what happened at that shopping Absolutely. center. Same thing that happened in, in Canoga Park. This is terrifying. So these guys get arrested. They get the headline. But good luck finding out that they've been released on zero bail. Oh, come and these, on. And these and the crime numbers are, are underreported. You talk to law enforcement, you talk to prosecutors. I mean, these videos are are horrific, but they're the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I get countless calls and you probably do too, from your listeners and from my constituents. I mean, they're at the they're at Vaughn's, they're at the grocery store, they're at the at the at the at, at, at a store and they they watch criminals walk out of the store and nothing is done. No, and no. a lot of stuff's not reported. But absolutely. you know, when, when, when I see, because uh, I'm, I'm going to get into an LA Times editorial coming up uh, at, at two o'clock and, and the same tired statements about uh, crime going down or there's no evidence and blah, 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 blah. Most of the stuff is not being reported. What's the point? Well, the evidence is showing a massive increase. The, the, uh, the attorney general released the horrific crime statistics on the Friday on July 4th week, leading into July 4th weekend. Do you know what happens when you got bad news? You release it on a late Friday news dump. Yeah, right. But that, these criminals are, are coming from early release. They, they are, they're exploiting the loopholes and the weakness uh, that comes from Prop 47. A lot of prosecutors are, are overwhelmed. Of course, in L.A., you have a prosecutor that won't even prosecute. 
Um, and yeah. so we have to change do, that. Do you know George Gascon has 10,000 cases that he has not prosecuted? 10,000. Oh I, I well, can't even... That completely boggles my mind. My, that's, that is mind-boggling. And, and you know, we're going into our last three weeks of our, our obsession of, the, of our legislature, and we are going to review you know thousands of bills before the deadline. And there are uh, numerous bills that are soft on crime bills that that uh, that reduce sentences, that uh, removes enhancements, that allow so, uh, inmates to be eligible for parole that that probably don't deserve so it. They really it's don't. Crazy. They really don't care. This this well, this crowd in Sacramento doesn't care. How well, much the public is the public can send a message. I mean, they need to call the governor. They need to call their legislators. They need to demand changes to Prop 47. They need to oppose zero bail. They need to oppose early release. I mean, we need to go in a, in a completely different direction. And the, 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 the thing is, is that all of this is solvable. I mean, the crime that putting more accountability in place in our legal system, it will work. We just have to. We have to have the political will to do well, it. Well, we didn't have this a few years ago. It didn't exist. Absolutely not. No, we didn't have to. See it. It's directly connected to all the laws that were destroyed by this crowd. The progressives have systematically uh, uh, removed penalties and consequences, and and these are the consequences. These are, these are the real world consequences of what's happening uh, from Sacramento. All right, Vince. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. All right, keep fighting, okay. Republican oh. Assemblyman Vince Fong. Um, yeah, what I want to talk about next is the, uh, is the guy that they, they grabbed in, uh, in Glendale, who's been released on zero bail. Now, if you can sit there and stomach that, you've seen the video of the, uh, smash and grab mob at Yves Saint Laurent at the Americana, and then know that one of the guys is back on the loose. What do you think he's doing with his day, huh? And then there's a there's a, a a wanted photo. The Glendale Police Department is looking for another suspect, and I've got to describe it to you. After two o'clock, uh, one of these atrocious editorials by the uh, by the weasels at the El Segundo Times just just in just insane. I don't know who they influence or if they influence a soul anymore, but man. Are, are they dangerous? If there's anybody who sees that and goes, yeah, yeah, they're right, they're right. If anybody has their warped view of how the world should be reinforced by these El Segundo Times editorial writers, and they never put their names on the editorial, it's just the editorial board, because they're cowards. They don't want uh, to attach their, because usually this is written by a person, and maybe it's circulated to some of the other board members. But I, I, I want to see names attached to this, because this is atrocious. What what they're what they're promoting? Uh, we'll get to that coming up. John and Ken, KFI. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty. I'm going to tell you more about that Glendale suspect that's been arrested in the smash and grab at Yves Saint Laurent at the Americana in, in just a few minutes, and then that El Segundo Times atrocious uh, editorial, the uh, the. Cow droppings that they excreted about smash and grab robberies. But first, uh, this just came across. We had Steve Gregory on earlier in the hour, and uh, just a few minutes after we uh, were done talking with him, the Daily Mail has a reporter named Ruth Stiles in Lahaina, and she's got an exclusive story here that the Maui wildfires, the death toll, may be as high as 480. 
the Hawaiian morgue workers have run out of body bags and survivors are have to recover their the charred remains of their loved ones, I guess, on their own. Uh, locals are doing their own search and recovery efforts because the officials are so slow, according to the Daily Mail. There's a woman named Allison Medina, 24. She's a Maui resident and a volunteer. She says authorities are underplaying the death toll. I know there are at least 480 dead here in Maui, and I don't understand why they're not saying that. Uh, apparently, um, the uh, see, I'm very suspicious because the official number is 111. And I think yesterday it was about 106, and the day before that was 100, and it was 99. It, it, is, it is so slow, the, the death toll number. Now, I understand some of the bodies have been reduced to ashes. But um, I have a feeling that people on the ground in Lahaina, the residents, the survivors, know one thing, and that these officials are promoting a different set of facts. Uh, the stuff that, that Steve has been telling us all week about how squirrely and bullying, how angry the Hawaiian officials have been, makes me smell a rat. You know, we've, we've all been doing this long enough, and we have, none of us have any trust in anything a government official says at any level. All right, clearly they failed badly. I know you can't plan for everything, and bad things are going to happen in life, and there's going to be natural disasters. But when you have the uh, emergency services chief telling the media yesterday that he does not regret not, he doesn't regret not turning on the sirens, and then they were claiming that these were tsunami sirens, and so the public would be confused and they'd go in the wrong direction. Well, Steve opened the uh, city manual and found out that those are all-purpose sirens, and they have uh, different sirens for, for different situations or uh, a different rhythm of the siren, and that people are supposed to be trained to know that when you hear the siren, you turn on the radio or television, and you listen to the emergency broadcast instructions and then act accordingly. So what the emergency services director and the governor and, the, and anybody else speaking publicly have been trying to sell is a load of nonsense. I think they have a lot of guilt and a lot of responsibility, and they're very angry and defensive. And I'm telling you, whenever I see a public official try to shut down the media or shut down the public, with charges of, well, you're not being sensitive, cultural insensitivity, then I know you've got a big story here that they're covering up. That is the last refuge of an incompetent boob to start waving the cultural sensitivity flag. You hear that, then you know there's an ugly story there. And uh, we'll, we'll see what this, uh, uh, how this plays out. But... Uh, there are some reporters on top of this and, and not putting up with uh, the nonsense out of the government. Um, all right, more. Uh, we come back. We'll get into the uh, the suspect that they grabbed. They got one whole suspect in the smash and grab robbery in uh, in Glendale. And then, oh my God, you know, it, if the if the El Segundo Times wasn't so bad, this would this should be comical. But every once in a while, they put out an atrocity in the, on their editorial page. 
that uh, has to be publicized. Uh, John and Ken, Deborah Mark has the news live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.